All right, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. You know, we've got the Oz Open, just started cranking along as the Ashes finishes. Say what you will about this great nation, but we understand scheduling, okay? Then just as, you know, the Oz Open will, will sort of wind down, you know, the Big Bash final coming up, and then, and then you start to get into your winter sports hype, okay? And so on and so forth. And that's how the world works, and I'm not too mad at it, to be honest. But I'm back this week, I'm healthy, knocked over COVID, uh, even though there was quite a few days, I would argue, where it knocked me over. I don't know if actually getting sick from COVID means I got way more immunity, um, but that's what I'm telling myself, okay? I'm walking around cafes, just pulling, pulling random blokes' hair, just being like, that's my right now, Okay. One and a half meters is for people who haven't who haven't danced with the devil for six days. Okay, I am invincible. That's my attitude. So we'll have to see. Um, I would love to know what strain I got because some people reckon they got Delta. Other people reckon they got that other one. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I realize I don't care at all. But either way, I was actually quite sick last week, so I did a. Obviously, what do you do if you you've got COVID? And you actually, you're really sick. You need to see a doctor. But you can't go see a doctor because you've bloody got COVID, mate. Do you see where sort of the problems start to arise here? So my mum said to do a telehealth call, which is where you call up the doctor and they sort of help you over the phone. Well, I'm very happy to start off this year and give this public service announcement that do not waste your time with a phone call to a doctor. Unless you've literally got like a metal pole in your arm and you're not sure whether to take it out or leave it in. Outside of that situation, I don't see any way these telehealth calls are helping anyone. Okay. The guy literally goes, (laughs) firstly, the doctor calls me of a private number. I missed it because he called like, my appointment was 3.30. He called it like 3.17, you know, so I missed it uh, because I've always got my phone on do not disturb. Because I don't want to be fucking disturbed, mate. Okay? So, <laughs> and uh, so he called me early. I missed it. And he left me a message saying, call me back. But it's from a private number. So then I call the clinic. And, you know, you've got to go, these poor medical receptionists. I mean, it's got to be the worst gig on the planet. You used to call up the old medical receptionist. Ahoy, hoy, it's Katie here. Can I book you in? And you say, Katie, I've got shingles. How's this afternoon work? And she says, Billy, no problem. Now, you get this four and a half minute riot act of, we don't have vaccines. We don't have rapid antigen tests. Please do not threaten our families. Please treat our staff with respect. By the time you, and then you're on hold for about 25 minutes because you got, you know, random 65 year olds calling up asking if, you know, their, their big toe has got a bruise on it. Is that COVID? And that'd be like, Graham, no. Remember, you dropped your dinner on your toe last night. You dropped a dinner plate on it. So it's not COVID. It's that ceramic plate you dropped on your big toe. You know, and Graham's calling three times a day. So this job, there's so many jobs where you think, oh, this will be a great chill job. And then COVID has come along and just uprooted the industry. You know, Woolies. 
Woolies is a fantastic pastime. I would say it's more of a pastime than a job. You know, it used to be, you know, Woolies is very simple. You got some emo kid in year nine looking after the self-serves while everyone absolutely fills their boots. Then you got the older employees who've, you know, earned their their ranking. They're on the um, the checkouts that most people don't use anymore. And then you got, you know, just random absolute who knows where they've come from, filling the shelves. And that's a great gig. Not too stressful. <coughs> so I still got a bit of a cough, but I've tested negative like twice. So I'm off to the races. But it used to be, you know, Woolies was like a, a, you know, a summer job you could sort of get into. You go from, you know, stacking a few figs, not a care in the world. Now you got some bogan 65-year-old bloke who weighs 200 kilos and he's got you up against the fucking... The chocolate's gone. Where's the toilet paper? You know what I mean? He's holding a crunchy bar to your fucking throat. And you're thinking, hang on a minute. Is this worth the $11 an hour I am being paid? And, you know, it's the same with medical reception. And, you know, medical reception, I should I should say, you know, if you're a medical receptionist, you want to get in one of those little nice little private practices. You know, a nice little boutique number on the corner somewhere with some real rich doctor who's got just as many boats as he has houses. That's what you're looking for, really. My sister worked at a, uh, <clears throat> a public health clinic, like one of the massive ones. And, you know, a lot of that job is just telling people they, in fact, cannot have more codeine. So, you know, it is a tough gig already. And now you've got this COVID rolled in with it. So it's pretty garbage. I mean, look at me. Like, I was, a, I was one of the best Westfield car park attendants on the eastern seaboard okay no one ran a tighter car park than yours truly all right and if you come up to the to the office and you know you you bloody you shoot me a smile mate one of the girls from the bakery used to bring me a sausage roll in exchange for free parking and that's how we ran things back then dude it was the wild west okay uh but then covid comes along and just destroys that industry as well so you know what they say, in a worldwide pandemic, it's always the car park attendants that are the first to go. So nothing new there. But anyway, what was I talking about? I was talking about this phone call to the doctor. Oh, dude, so what a waste of time this was. This is actually hilarious. So I go, I go, I finally get onto this bloke. Like, I don't understand. The, the meeting, the appointment was 3.30 and they're like, if you miss the call at 3.30, that's it. We're not calling you back. You know, the, the medical industry has been, they've been just absolutely, you know, they've just copped so much shit over the last year and a half. Customer service is out the window and I don't blame them. So I got a 3.30 appointment. This guy, this joker calls me on a private number at 3.15 and then again at like 3.50. So I don't know what sort of clock he's going off, but anyway. So he calls me up. I go, mate, um, I've got COVID and I've had like a raging temperature for like five days. And I'm just like a million degrees. What do you reckon? And he goes, what is your temperature? And I go, I don't have a thermometer. <clears throat> and he goes, can you get one? And I go, well, not really because I have COVID. And he's like, yep, yep, yep. That makes sense. And I go, well, what do you reckon? And he goes, well, to be honest, you sound fine. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. See if it lasts for another week. And I, and I was like, all right. <laughs> Is that it? And he goes, yeah, that's it. He goes, maybe have some zinc and vitamin D. That can help. And I go, okay. And he goes, cool. See ya. 
And that was that. So do not waste your time. The guy literally goes, the guy goes, you sound fine. So if, you, if, if you're going to call up a doctor, I, I didn't realize I had to pretend I was trying to get out of a day of freaking primary school. I should have called him up and been like, doc, oh, speak louder. I am so weak. Please. <laughs> like, God forbid I ask how you are, mate. Now it's all of a sudden I couldn't be in better health. So complete waste of time with the telehealth call. Unless you got like something real tangible, they can, you know, just symptoms. I mean, this guy, to be fair to him, I think the concept is flawed. I don't blame this particular doctor. Dr. Agnush, I think his name was. Fantastic gentleman. And I'm sure he's one of the best going around. Um, and this guy had actually also just had COVID. So, you know what I mean? So a bit of, bit of vitamin Z, D and zinc if you get COVID out there. I like to take my vitamins and like, find the dirtiest pl- part of our apartment and just roll my vitamins on the ground a few times. You know, pick those things up. They're filthy. Then get those into you and, and watch your immunity go through the fucking roof. You know, it's like drinking a bit of the tap water in India. You know, short term, yeah, there could be some consequences. But long term, your immune system is going to be able to handle anything. Okay? So there's a hot tip for you. And uh, did I saw the funniest COVID thing the other day. Sorry, I hope I don't talk about COVID too much. I'm only talking about it because I legit had it like three days ago. So, I saw this hilarious thing. This girl I know in Perth. This woman, I should say. This uh, fantastic woman. Smart as a whip. You know, etc, etc. She put up this great thing. On her Instagram story, she goes... People in Perth, I love it. She goes, Hey guys, just got my first vaccination get out there and get into it. You know, we can beat this together. And it's like, what are you talking about? Perth, you are genuinely living in like September 2020. (laughs) Perth is like when, I feel like Perth is like when a child is like playing under a sheet, playing make-believe, you know? Oh, I'm in a castle with a dragon and I'm a princess. It's like, sure you are, Perth. Sure you are, (laughs) you know? Because it's coming, babe. It's coming, all right? I don't care how long you want to keep that border open, as if millions of people are trying to get in. You know, you're really only keeping sort of family members apart. But make no mistake, Perth, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's three months from now, um, you, you'll have your turn. Don't you worry about that, okay? <laughs> people in Perth, I, I bet the, the news in Perth, they're like, they're like, they don't even talk about COVID. <laughs> They're just like, all right, on the news today, everything is once again perfect. You see McGowan's got a gun behind the camera. He's like, smile more, you know? <laughs> oh, God, Perth. Perth is a fantasy land and I'm very jealous. Good on you, Perth, you know? Why, why, why attack a problem and deal with it when you could just put it off? That should be the new slogan of West Australia. Why deal with that when you could just put it off till tomorrow? And then it's just a thumbs up and some guy drinking a margarita. That would be awesome. I also had <clears throat> I also had my first comedy gig back last night. Quite exciting. I was terrified. Dude, comedy is not um it's not like riding a bike. It's just like it's quite scary and then it just takes a lot. It just takes a few gigs to get comfortable on stage again in front of people, because like, <clears throat> I mean, if you get up there and just sort of do your jokes, 
I mean, if you can remember them. I was literally like going through my notebooks going like, what even is my act? What, what are Billy Darcy's jokes? I don't even know. So I had to sort of work out what my jokes even are. And then I get there. It's this gig in Newtown. Super indie. Super indie gig. Like, just like, it's like, if hip, like, it's like a parody of hipsters almost. And, you know, the indie kids, they like me, but they, they'd like me until they, until they don't. You know what I mean? With these indie crowds, they're pretty cool, but as long as sort of the agenda suits them. And I got this thing about, um, so I got this kind of chunk about a celebrity fetus. And like, there's a couple of abortion jokes in there. They're, they're all above board, but you know, and I had planned to do them. And then I get to this gig and then I'm kind of like, um, oh, seeing a lot of fringes and fucking eyebrow rings. And I'm thinking, I don't know about this. I don't know about this, but it ended up being fine. At one point there was two microphones on stage cause there was like two MCs. And then like I, like my microphone did like the interference thing. It was like, like right on one of my punchlines. And it was kind of near the start of my set. And you better believe I panicked almost immediately. You know, when something goes wrong and you're on stage and everyone's looking at you and you haven't done comedy for a while, it is like, you just feel your heart start to race and you're like, oh, fuck. But it ended up being fine. So no stress. Back into my work for the year. And, uh, and yeah, so pretty bloody exciting. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so here I got a couple of yarns to catch up on um, from earlier, uh, you know, the Christmas New Year period, as it were. Firstly, my birthday. So my birthday was over the break. I was absolutely tripped. My birthday is January 3rd. So I've always like, I've never liked my birthday. Because it's just like, no one cares. It's so annoying. You just had Christmas, Boxing Day, New Year's Eve. And then it's like, hey, it's my birthday. You know, everyone's hungover and scat. And, you know, it's just, <clears throat> it's not a good birthday, I don't think. Like, when I had my 21st, I had my 21st on like the end of January. Because most people are away as well, you know. People aren't even in town. So... Yeah, it's, it's not ideal, my birthday sometimes, but at the same time, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so I've never really loved my birthday. But anyway, Macca really treated me this year, I will say. My present was, uh, he dropped me off at my car because uh, I'd been on the source the previous day somewhere. And on the way there, he let me play whatever song I wanted, which is unprecedented. Usually in Macca's car, it's his way or the highway. And he's very strict about that. Um, and then also he gave me half a jerry can of unleaded 98 petrol, which he had paid for on his boss's card. So, <clears throat> you know, spoiled is an understatement. Um, I turned 27, which is too old really for some of the things I do, but you know, 27, I don't love it to be honest, but at the same time, it's sort of, I feel like I don't love any age I turn. I remember turning like 22 being like, I fucking hate this. Ah, mortality. So, you know, whatever. It's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. And uh, anyway, so this is the embarrassing story from my birthday. Okay, so birthday story. Pretty embarrassing one. Uh, but, you know, that's the nature of this podcast. Uh, I'm going to give myself and Maka. No, probably just me, actually. Pelican of the week. So what happened was... 
Not doing too much on my birthday. Went out for lunch and then went to the beach in the Arvo, had a few beers. And then, so we get back from the beach and I, you know, I'm in the mood to blaze one. You know, it's, it's my birthday. It's my right. And, you know, I'm wearing a bucket hat. So what more information do you need? So anyway, we go to the park around the corner, have a couple of beers. Um, Cause obviously we can't smoke in this apartment complex. Like that would be in poor taste. So go to this park around the corner and have a couple of beers, rip one there. Good stuff. Good times, great classic hits, you know, nothing too wrong. And then the cops turn up. But at this point, like we're just sitting in this park. We're not smoking anymore, but we're so high. But the cops are like parked at the park, like kind of looking at us, but we're not really doing anything. Like we're just sitting. So it's not really, you know, I didn't really know what to do because it didn't feel like they were there for us. But then... And then they start, they get out of the car, they start walking over. It's about like an 80 meter walk. It's a huge park, this park. It's fucking massive. Anyway, so the cops start walking over and me and Mac are like, oh, they're coming for us. But then we were so high and kind of drunk. I was like, I don't think they are. And then I was like, should we run? But then Mac was like, I don't know. And then I was like, I think we should. But then I don't know. Who knows when you're, you're so high just sitting in a park. You know, I didn't expect this situation to sort of spring itself onto me. And then it got to the point where they were like close enough where it would be like awkward to run. You know what I mean? It'd be like, also we were like thogs. Like they would they would got us. You know what I mean? I don't think they would have chased us anyway. They probably would have been like, oh, who gives a fuck? But then they come over. And they're two young cops as well. Isn't it anything more annoying than when like the cop is younger than you and he's absolutely giving you a serve? Dude, so this cop, they're actually fair, fair legends, these blokes. They're like, righto, lads, we uh, like they'll try to banter us up a bit. And uh, the whole thing, you know, when cops try to like banter you up, but it's like hard to joke with them because you don't want to get arrested. <laughs> so it's like kind of weird, you know, it's kind of like a weird vibe. So that's kind of what's happening here. So the cops are like, oh, yo, lads, we got a couple of calls about a couple of strapping young men, possibly smoking marijuana and drinking beers in this park. So what's happened is someone's called the cops on us, if you can believe that. We're just sitting there. You know, I know it's technically illegal to smoke weed in a park, but in my defense, where the fuck else are you supposed to do it? You know what I mean? So, you know, so we ended up obviously just sitting there. The cops come over. We're chatting away. They seem like pretty good blokes, but it's uncomfortable, you know? Like, like I, 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 I never know, like, because cops are all so different. Sometimes you get a cop. And because all my interactions with cops, like, I'm not... Like, it's not like I've been done up for murder. Like, you know what I mean? It's like anytime you get pulled over or, you know, you know, something like this. Like, something super minor. Like, I'm not an actual criminal. So I don't really, like, I'm never really, like, defensive because I'm not really doing anything. So he's bears up, going like, oh, boys, how you going? I have, trying to have a few jokes, but it's pretty uncomfortable. And then, so I go, we're just joking away. And then I go, he's like, all right, we're going to have to take your details, lads. Like, he kind of, like, just changes tune. And I'm like, ah, oh, come on, dude. Don't be slinging all these jokes if you're going to write us up anyway. You know what I mean? But they ended up just taking out details, but it was so awkward. It was kind of funny slash awkward because the guy's like, what's your birthday? And I go, 
uh, the 3rd of January, 1995. And he's like, oh, that's today. And I go, yeah, it is, mate. And he goes, huh, happy birthday, champ. And I'm like, oh, God, no, I'm getting absolutely mugged off by this like 23-year-old cop. You know, I feel like if you're going to bounce it up, don't take our details or vice versa. You know what I mean? Either be a raging prick and, you know, throw me in the slammer jammer for 10 years or be a legend and just be like, don't worry about it, lads. You know, he kind of double gophered me because I thought they were legends. But, you know, they still took out details, which is like fine. Doesn't matter at all. I don't know if anyone's been in this situation before. I, do people give fake details to the cops in this situation? Because I didn't. I just gave him all my info. Which in, And then the next day I was like, should I have not done that? But then... Oh, and also we got kicked out of the park on my 27th birthday. It's like the most embarrassing 16-year-old shit ever. <laughs> and I turned 27. I mean, it's just like, dude, get your life together, Bill. What are you doing? Um... But they're pretty cool, those guys. But there's something about young cops where you just think, we should have like minimum 25 or something to be a cop. You know, you got some bloke who's younger than you, like giving you a bit of lip. I'd almost rather some 60-year-old bloke comes over and just spits in my face and calls me like a hippie criminal and just immediate knee in the back, you know? Because at least you know where you stand with this bloke. Sometimes you get these young cops and you think, oh, this guy's an absolute legend. And then he'll, he might double go for you and still write you up anyway. So, these blokes were pretty cool. They only took out details, so zero consequences from what I can tell. Um, but yeah, on my 27th birthday, though, I mean, how embarrassing is that? <laughs> oh, no. What are you doing, Bill? You know? But speaking of, I mean, the cops are just running amok in this great nation. And I'm not anti-police either. You know when, like... Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't know. You know, when like people are like, so like, they're like, defund the police. They're all corrupt. It's like, if we have no police, I'm pretty sure things will get out of hand. You know what I mean? But, but anyway, the cops have been running right because obviously we have the ashes. Um, great win. Great game. I'll talk about it in a second. But then you had the Aussie boys, you know, at the, the team hotel roof. It looked about, to be fair, it looked early. The sun was rising. You got Joe Root, Alex Carey, Travis Head, Nathan Lyon, James Anderson. Now, I reckon I've got a good radar for this sort of stuff because I would have argued all of those blokes seem like ripper blokes from what I can tell. So, but you never really know. But these boys still going at 5am. You love to see it. Still in their whites, still carrying on. And this is where I just draw the line, okay? There was a noise complaint Okay, the only time Hobart will ever host an Ashes test, let alone the fifth one, the only time we'll ever host an Ashes celebration, and there was a noise complaint at the hotel. I don't know how noisy they could have been, been really. There was about six people there. And then for the noise complaint, they've called the police to move on the, the Aussie boys and the Poms. I mean, when will people just stop worrying about what everyone else is up to Every second of the fucking day. Here's an early tip for your life ahead. Sometimes you will encounter noise. Okay? And if you encounter noise one night, you don't make a noise complaint. Okay? Maybe it's like three nights in a row of some sort of a rave cave next door. The second night you'd be like, what the fuck? And it's like, the, I couldn't see any music playing. The Like... 
it's just like, <laughs> I love that there's people out there who are like, will live for like, let's say eight years. No one's too noisy. You know, they live in their house. They, they're in this hotel. They've obviously got some stupid hike in the morning in Tasmania, going to Mona or whatever that museum's called, you know, and they've done the noise complaint. I love that people can just, 10 years, that all noise is to an acceptable level. And then like one time in 10 years, it's like immediate noise complaint. This is unacceptable to me. Too much noise. It's like, it's just sound. Just go to sleep for one night. It's like, are you honestly telling me Gaz had like fucking losing it, cranking at 5am? You're out of your mind if that was the case. Okay. And also, are you telling me if the hotel staff politely asked the Australian cricket team and the English cricket team, the captain of the English cricket team, that they have to return to their rooms because it's too noisy. Do you honestly think Joe Root would have been like, shut the fuck up. Get the fuck out of here. Like, of course they would have just gone to bed. They're freaking public figures. They would have got absolutely harangued if they didn't. You know, they would have got cancelled on Twitter or whatever. And it's just like, sometimes it's noisy. When are we just going to, like, I don't understand noise complaints if it's a one-off thing. It's just a one-off thing and someone is literally calling, like, the police arrived to do a noise complaint. It's like, Jesus Christ, when will people just stop looking over the fence, constantly stressed about what everyone's doing? Oh, they're being too noisy over there. It's like, have a look out the window. It's clearly Nathan Lyon. Do you, do you live in a freaking cave? They just won the ashes. Like, Jesus Christ, can people not just have a few fucking beers anymore without someone blowing up? And then to have the police called. It's like, if you're going to go all the way there, fellas, you may as well just mace the shit out of them. Get the battens out, you know? Start cracking a few skulls. Like, God forbid, I, I, I would... If, if four cops are called for a noise complaint from six people around a table having a couple of beers, what would have happened if they actually committed a crime? Would we have genuinely, like, the military coming in? Would we have, like, submarines, like, fucking surfacing the harbour of, of Hobart? You know, just a SWAT team going in. <laughs> like, God. i tell you how you deal with a noise complaint, by the way. You go over and you ask them to turn it down or to please be quiet. You ask them politely and respectfully. Or you ask the staff and then the staff would go ask them. And then if those people say, hey, how about you suck my dick? I'm never turning it down. You know, maybe then you call the police. If, it, if the noise is like so unbearable. You can't even hear yourself think. Maybe if it's like the third night in a row, but it's just like, they're just sitting around chatting. And it's like, it's already 6am, start your day. You know what? You can't sleep. It's 6.30 in the morning. You shouldn't be sleeping. Like, Jesus Christ. And poor Joe Root. I mean, he's had the worst three months of his goddamn life. And then (laughs) he thinks, oh, well, at least it's over. I can finally have a few beers and chill out. Next thing you know, he's got the cops there. He's thinking, fuck, the English press are going to have an an absolute field day with this. You know, I think Joe Root, I heard him say one of the cops, please do not sell your body cam footage to the Daily Mail. I will give you anything. <laughs> please do not talk to the Daily Mail. They're absolutely just, <laughs> they're all over me. I'm begging you. You know, the poor guy. Jimmy Anderson is four, he's almost 40 years old. The fact that he's still up at 5.30 a.m. should be celebrated. Okay, they should be wheeling in, uh, you know, some local Hobart celebrities 
to run up there and provide Jimmy Anderson with a few high fives and a bit of a rev up. Keep going, lads. Okay, it's impressive. But this sort of stuff, I mean, it just makes you sad, doesn't it? It's just like, God, can we just have a bit of fun, you know? So embarrassing. But anyway, let's talk about the actual Ashes themselves. That were, I would say the fifth test was by far the best test. Okay, so the fifth Ashes test completed, 4-0. Unbelievable. What a test match. Okay, this was like by far one of the best test matches I've seen in Australia in quite some time. Now, firstly, I'll begin, I'll I'll finish up the Ashes the way I started it, uh, by continuing to be wrong. Travis Head, my God, I wasn't sure if this guy could get runs when we really needed them. Absolutely shove this down your stupid throat, Darcy, hey? You nerd, wearing a bucket hat inside. Shape up, Bill, okay? (laughs) Dude, Travis Head, I'm not lying. That 100 he got in the first innings came in at 3 for 12 on a raging green top. Um, (coughs) My God, that is without a doubt one of the best test innings I've ever seen. Maybe like top five I've ever watched. Top 10. You know, I don't know. I've watched shitloads of cricket. But I watched this whole thing and it's like you just kept thinking, oh, he'll be out soon. This is crazy. He was scoring it like a runner ball on like the most difficult pitch I've ever seen in Australia. And he just kept going nuts. Just putting his, just running his hands through the line of the ball. Not a worry in the world. If it's up, he smashed it. It was short, he smashed it. You know, just rode his luck. It was, it was unbelievable. It was honestly unbelievable. I was blown away. He got player of the series. And I don't disagree. I got no qualms with that. If you look at it, Travis Head was basically the difference in two test matches. Because in that first innings of the first test, when he got 150, we put on uh, 190 for the last four wickets. But Travis Head got most of those runs. And then that was, we ended up having a lead of about 200. So that was the first test. And then in this test match, we won by about 100 runs. Um, or maybe more than that, actually. 150. Right, But if you look at the difference, we had a guy score 100 and they didn't. And that was that. So Travis Head is an absolute weapon, dude. Um, And then he's backed that up by being one of the last men standing at the celebrations. I mean, I'm coming around on Travis Head, okay? And here's the thing. I I don't dislike any Australian players. So, like, if I'm, like, ripping on one of them, it's just because, like, maybe I don't think they're performing that well or well enough to justify their spot. But I love them all. I, don't, I wouldn't give a shit if, you know, Osama Bin Laden opened the batting for Australia. If he had a good technique and left well early, you know, I've got no qualms with that whatsoever. So, Travis Head, what an absolute gun. Okay, what an absolute gun. And now we've got this great situation because Cam Green is also killing it. Someone I was also extremely wrong about. Dude, Cam Green coming on. When they were none for 70, chasing our 270 or whatever it was, 280. And then they were one down, but I think they got to about uh, one for like 90 or one for 85. And it was less than 200 runs to get and like two days to play. And the pitch wasn't really doing that much. I was thinking, dude, we're in trouble here. I was like starting to panic. And I thought, fuck, this could be like one of the most special test matches I've ever seen. If England win this, 
This will be insane. I thought, this is crazy. I almost wanted them to do it. And then I, and then I was like, nah, nah, nah. Let's absolutely 4-0 these pricks into next week. So, and Cam Green comes on and takes like three for none, basically. My God, that guy, he bowls like 140, hits the bat hard. And he got 77 in the first innings on a green top. Dude, Cam Green, continue. I was so wrong. What a weapon, you know? I look forward to the next 15 years of commentators mentioning that he is, in fact, quite a big boy, you know? Next time, Cam, uh, uh, Cam, we got 12 years ahead of us of Cameron Green stopping a ball in the gully, and then one of the commentators going, my God, he's covering about 12 metres in there. <laughs> I mean, they just cannot stop talking about the fact that he is, in fact, quite tall. <laughs> it's just, I hope that stops one day, but I hope Cam Green never does. What a weapon. He kind of looks like Cam Green, you can tell, I mean, this might be way off, but he kind of looks like a almost like a private school villain, you know? He looks like he went to a very nice high school. He's got beautiful blonde hair that it's not slicked back, but you'll notice it stays back, you know? It just sits, you know? I think, I think when uh, you're doing well enough in life, you don't have to actually do your hair. It just sort of obeys you. And that's what Cam Green's got going on, you know? Those beautiful blonde locks, never out of place. Whether he's bowling or batting, I'd like to see him swap up. If there's one criticism I have for both Cam Green and Travis Head, I think Gray Nichols' helmets are—they're for you know—they're for the kid in that in the team who, you know, let's be honest, he's probably the worst player in the team, and also is socially like kind of a weirdo. Gray Nichols' helmets tells me you're probably on the spectrum. Okay, they need to get uh you know, I don't even—what is it? Shrey helmets everyone's wearing now, or the old um. I can't remember what the good helmets are called. But you'd know them if you see them. I think Albion is dead. Remember Albion helmets? Oh, man. I had a great Albion helmet for years. I've got one of those good ones now. Like the before Shrey, whatever that one was. But um, anyway. Yeah, fix up those helmets, lads. They look fucking lame. But don't touch anything else because you're both absolute guns. Okay? Uh, My main man, Uzi. Two failures. I don't care. Because I get on trains. I don't get off them. All right? Poor Uzi. I'll tell you this. Imagine this. First game, they say, they say, hey, Uzi, you want to open the batting next game, mate? We got Travis Head coming back. It's probably the only spot available for you. Uzi's like, mate, no stress. I'm Usman Khawaja. Okay? I play all around the ground and I have a YouTube channel that's actually quite successful. All right? So, yeah, I'll bat anywhere. Then Uzi gets to Bell Reve Oval in Hobart and, you know, you can't even tell which one the pitch is. You know, it's just it's just a huge, it's just buffalo grass. The Hobart groundsmen appear to have, you know, sort of, I guess it's their Christmas holidays too. Um, they're all on leave and, you know, they've just sort of left the hose on for about two weeks and thought, fuck it, you know. Uzi's, Uzi's turned up and it's just the wildest green top we've ever seen. So, you know, tough sledding. And I don't really see Uzi playing many more test matches, to be honest. I think he will go to Pakistan and probably open the batting there. But the problem is, the, the well, it's not a problem. It's a good thing for the team. But if you look at Australia's 3-7 to seven now, we are absolutely set, okay? You got Marnus and Smith. You know, nothing needs to be said. Nothing needs to be said. Also, I think... um. You know, God, do we talk enough about how good Marnus is? Marnus and Steve Smith didn't get four centuries this summer 
And everyone's like, yeah, I'm not sure about that technique they use. Maybe, yeah, it's like, it's like they're just held to impossible standards. They're both unbelievable. But we got Marnus, Steve Smith, and then you go, Travis Head and Cam Green are both locked in now. They'll both play for the next decade, you know, assuming they both continue to do well. Alex Carey, not 100% locked in, but needs to sharpen up his keeping a little bit and get some runs. <coughs> I know he got a valuable um, 49 in the second innings, but he like legitimately got dismissed twice during that innings. Like He got bowled and then was given out. It was like a no ball by one millimeter. And then uh, he was out LBW and literally was saved by one millimeter on Hawkeye. So I don't really count those runs you know, as far as his, his spot on the team. But I like Alex Carey a lot. I'm happy for him to keep playing there. So if you look at that, hopefully, obviously he does a bit better in the future, um, uh, which I think he will. Um, but you look at this, you go three to seven. Steve Smith's only 32. We, we're looking at this like three to seven is locked in for the next five years. Plus our bowling attack, our reserve bowler is Scott Boland, who's also 32, I believe. And then you look at the bowling attack we've got, you think, fuck, this is pretty unreal. They're probably all going to play for the next five years as well. Four or five years, you know. I don't know if Stark and Hazelwood might get injured as they get older. You know, look at Hazelwood. Just missed the whole series. Um, the only thing we need to sort out is the openers. You know, David Warner's 35. You know, got no issues with him playing for as long as he wants. Dave Warner had a great series, by the way. A fucking, you know, great stuff, Davey Warner. I think the great thing about David Warner was his series was he didn't talk much, did he? We didn't hear from him. Dude, I've, you know, Dave Warner, what a weapon. One of the greatest opening batsmen this country's ever seen. Sometimes he just talks and you think, mate, why'd you say that? That's such a weird thing to say. Or he just comes off a bit weird, you know? You know, a bit of a pelican, you know? So, Dave Warner, though, I mean, he's a gun. Great first slip fieldsman. One of the best batsmen of all time, you know? And then you sometimes get his misses in the... Sometimes his misses gets a bit lippy in the media and she's saying wild stuff, you know? And it's like, uh, she's not... She's not the best sometimes, you know. <clears throat> I don't want to slag any bloke's wife off, but, um, you know, sometimes she's a bit how you going. And, but Warner, I think sometimes we forget how good he is. But then Uzi, you know, the thing with Uzi is he's not actually an opener. You know, he doesn't open for Queensland, doesn't open for Australia. He doesn't open for Australia. That's four and five in all those teams. So, and he's 35. So I think, I wouldn't be surprised... You know, if Will Pekofsky can, you know, you know, sort his mental health out and then also, I mean, poor Will Pekofsky, he's got poor mental health and then he also has poor physical head health. He keeps getting hit in the head. The guy gets struck in the head like on his way to Woolies, the poor bloke, you know? I mean, he gets king hit three times a week, the poor guy. People are bouncing him in the fresh food section. Leave Will Pekofsky alone. We need him fit and healthy. But if Will Pekofsky, um, if he you know, becomes fit and healthy again or whatever and starts scoring some runs. I think I, I would predict, keep in mind my predictions are, you know, trash. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Will Pekofsky opens the batting in whatever team we play uh, next summer. I think it's New Zealand. But anyway, <coughs> Jesus, that is the podcast for this week. Um, I know I said I'd be doing some new segments, but the Ashes took up too much time. Next week, I've got a couple of hot new segments. I'm doing Fun Fears, a new segment. And I'm doing 
a new segment. I want to do a segment like big players, big swings or something like that. Get some send-ins going of like, oh, the fucking camera ended. Jesus Christ. God, sometimes I have bad luck with this this camera. Me and this Canon, we're like rivals. You know, I, I literally only know how to press record. I don't understand any of the other functions. And sometimes I often forget it can only record for half an hour at a time. Even though I've been doing this podcast weekly for two years. So, some new segments coming next week. It's all happening. Podcast is back. I'm back. Going to announce some tour dates in the coming weeks, etc., etc., etc. Way too long. Way too long.